You're listening to Your Woo Woo Best Friend, a no BS approach to wellness, spirituality, manifestation, and all things mystical. Hi, everybody. It's Andy. Welcome back to the show. Here we are on the other side of the February 22nd, 2022 portal. We've all made it through into this new cosmic dimension. Are you feeling that? Or are you like, oh, wow, that was a thing that happened a couple of days ago. Pluto return is also upon us. And if you haven't listened to our episode all about what the Pluto return for the United States means, definitely go give that episode a listen. I have a guest for you today. I am so thrilled to share this guest with you. And in the spirit of this Pluto return energy and really thinking about systems and structure and the breakdown of the patriarchy and politics and falls of empires and all of those really heavy things, I invited this guest to have a conversation with me about things that are in alignment with that, with that feeling. We're having a conversation all about living in the era of information overwhelm about what it's like to, as human beings, just work through the challenging emotions that we're continuing to experience as we are in the midst of what's become a multiple year-long pandemic. Mental health disorders are at an all-time high, and I was actually at my doctor's office the other day for a checkup, and I was having a chat about getting a new therapist here in LA because I don't yet have one yet since I've moved here and we should all have that in our lives. And my doctor said, you know, it's really hard to get in right now because people are feeling the burden of anxiety and depression. And a lot of folks for the very first time are seeking out support around their mental health, which is incredibly important, of course. So I invited my guest on to the show today to have some of these conversations about working with these emotions and this pandemic or even a post-pandemic world and living in this era in which this is there's a lot of polarization and there's a lot of unhappiness and tension. So that's what we're going to talk about. My guest today is Jaidev Singh, world-renowned Kundalini yoga teacher. Ayurvedic specialist and founder of Life Force Academy, a yoga, meditation, and wellness company that helps people connect to their inner confidence and genuine purpose. I have to tell you guys, I was a little bit nervous about having this conversation with Jai Dave because he's like a rock star of the Kundalini yoga community, and I'm still very much an, a new baby in the Kundalini community. I am so thrilled to bring his wisdom and unique perspective on all of these things we're going to chat about today to you. It's going to be a really in-depth conversation about just taking good care of mind, body, and our energy system. And you're going to learn some things about Jai Dave that you definitely don't know already also. So a quick note before we start this interview. When I sat down with Jai Dave, it was over a month ago. It was the beginning of February, and very much on the top of our minds was the processing of the COVID-19 experience. 
We were at that moment coming out of the height of what I hope will be the end of the most severe part of the pandemic. And that's what I wanted to talk about was processing through trauma and the experience that collectively we as human beings have been working through together since 2020. Of course, I had very little on my mind about Ukraine. And of course, today that has shifted significantly. So as we go into this interview, much of the line of questioning that I brought forward in my conversation with Jai Dave was around collective healing and the trauma and the wounds that we would be processing through together coming out of 2020. And as I think about going into this interview today, it's occurring to me as I listen back and as I prepare to share this with you, that there is a new collective experience that we are all, many of us at least, witnessing in a brand new way with the war that we're experiencing today. So as we consider collective healing and supporting one another and showing up for ourselves and those around us with love and compassion, know that much of what Jai Dave, if not all of what Jai Dave has to share applies anytime we're in an experience that is incredibly trying. I also wanted to share this with you. I received a note this morning in one of the groups that I'm in led by my guru, Guru Singh, my kundalini yoga leader, teacher, guide. And the note said this, and I think that this is just a really important thing to share. It said, in times of war, we are all drawn in to the many levels in which there are horrors. The sense of helplessness and the desire for vengeance and revenge are always prevalent during these times of great injustice. These are amongst the layers of our incarnate education. As spirit, we must truly comprehend war and the injustice of its indiscriminate animosity. One solution is to deeply acknowledge these layers and all of the power they have in our emotional bodies. We need to dive deep into our source code of every moment. Here we not only see the oneness, but we are able to instill the sensations of oneness into all the parties and soldiers on all sides of conflict. He goes on to say, here, a pure, clear, unimpeded understanding can take place. All humans, including soldiers in battle, are susceptible to this alchemy. This is the power of prayer. This is carrying all sides on our meditative backs to a level of peaceful joy. Here is where all sides in a conflict will be inspired to lay down their arms and marvel at the family of life. To get here, we must experience all of those other opacities and viewpoints along with their severe pain and sensations of dread and horror. To get to it, we must pass through it. Higher awareness is able to view each of these terrible aspects of war filled life without flinching or shying away from this readiness to step up, to step in and neutralize it all. With that, let's get into the interview. As we do with so many of our interviews, we're going to start with me asking Jai Dave to share his astrological information with us. Yes, I can. Although I'm going to be talking from the Vedic astrology context because that's okay. how I know my chart. That's so right. uh, I'm a Capricorn rising. Okay. Um, my ascendant's in the in the middle of Capricorn, 
Um, my moon is in Gemini, and my sun is in uh, Sagittarius in the 12th house. I am also a Capricorn rising. Can you tell me a bit about your work, Jidev, and, and, and what you do with Life Force Academy to just get us grounded there and, and the work that you're doing in your community? Mm. Well, you, as uh, you you referenced, it's the main practice we use is Kundalini Yoga, and Life Force Academy is is grown over many years. We have we have members in over sixty countries around the world, and it's really just designed to help people have uh, uh, inspiring, fresh and consists or at least relatively consistent meditation and yoga practice and uh, stay connected to the deeper sense of purpose that we have which my experience is always that 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 doesn't come from uh, philosoph philosophical means or thinking as much as it does being connected to you, to our own hearts and our own energy mm, yeah how did you find your way into the practice Personally, what was that? What was that like for you when you found your way into Kundalini to begin with? Uh, what was it like? Well, I was 18 years old, and it it kind of, you know, it blew my socks off a little bit. It was, it was real transformative, and it was, it it, it was life changing for me. Um, I was certainly looking for something, not sure what. Didn't, and in retrospect, not even, you know cognizant that I was searching but and I was and after taking one class I it de it definitely had an impact on me right away of course it then it took some time to really understand what it is and to get a handle on on how to work with it how to work with it wisely and but right from the right out the gate it had a, a meaningful impact on me mm. So you were 18 and searching and maybe not aware that you were even searching, found your way into this practice, and it's, it's become one of the pillars of your life and something that you now share with people in 60-plus countries. I, I actually have got quite a few students in my workshops and courses that are also in, in your realm. So that's how I came across you initially, is I, I, um, I did my training with Guru Singh and I was not 18. I was I was in my late 30s when I found Kundalini and had the same experience of having my socks completely knocked off. I was like, I don't know what, what is happening. Where has this been all my life? It's it's been so powerful and doing the work with Guru Singh was was so so special. And so that's how I found you. Was some of the students and some of my courses and workshops were like, Do you know Jaidev? Jaidev is amazing. You need to be checking out. <laughs> cool. Right yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. So you did a, your teacher training in, or your training in Los Angeles? Yeah, I'm in, in LA. And so I, I trained with Guru Singh. And I just went through um, another round of training with, with him. He's doing an online version now as well. So with, uh, his, his, uh, with Kundalini University is the name of his program now. So I just mm, yeah. went through that with him. And he's just so special. He is. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, thank you. So what I want to spend some time on today, I feel like this is really relevant to the world that we're living in right now and what we're 
experiencing as human beings, I want to spend some time talking about the challenges and the emotional state that we're moving through as human beings. And especially during this time in which we've kind of been moving through this, this ebb and flow of the pandemic and what's safe and what's not safe and how we explore the world and how we be with people. So I'd like to start there and spend some time talking about working with challenging emotions and emotions that perhaps are now going on two plus years for many of us that are quite quite different from things that perhaps we'd experienced before. So could you talk a little bit about what you're seeing in the collective and, and how we begin to sit with those emotions and begin to work with those emotions? Well, you know, with difficult and challenging emotions, and, and like you're saying, of most all of us have been working with uh, our fair share uh, of that over the last couple of years, but also in general in life, this is how life is on planet Earth and always has been. And, of course, there's waves that come in that where we have stronger uh, intensity of that, which is what's mm-hmm. happening right now. And uh, for me, I think the key is, of course, it's easier said than done, but this is why we have our meditation practices and so forth, is that, um, is that challenging emotions are not innately negative, they're, meaning they're not innately bad. Just like pleasurable emotions aren't innately good. You can have pleasurable emotions that, you know, if you indulge them in in a certain way, they can turn your life upside down. And so, you know, pleasurable experiences and painful experiences are two sides of the same coin. Part of what yoga and meditation helps us to do is to give a little bit more neutralization to our psyche so we're less... Uh, emotionally gripping onto the pleasurable emotions and less uh, resistant to the difficult ones and the painful emotions like sadness or like anger or despair, etc. Because if we become more skillful at, at really being able to feel what we're feeling when it's difficult without the subconscious tendency of trying to push that away because it hurts. Well, the more, and, and of course this, this takes time and, and baby steps. It's, it's a long process. But even just if you can take a little baby step, it helps tremendously. Uh, so if, if, can, if I can really feel if I'm ha- experiencing a uh, depressing emotion, if I can really feel what that feels like without trying to change it, well, paradoxically, that's really the first step to actually changing it because it allows it to metabolize some. And then, and then through that, you can, you can experience love come out of it in the form, in that, in that case, of inner compassion, self-love, and self-compassion. And so I think what's key is to endeavor, at least, to try to recognize that in difficult emotions, there is med- medicine. In difficult times, there's really important medicine. 
And if we continue to wish, wish it away or to wish it was some way other than it is, which that's normal and that's human. Of course, we would rather have, have easier times. We would rather have more pleasure. That's natural. It's not saying that, we, that we're, we're not denying those natural human, human uh, uh, tendencies, but, but we also need to be realistic. And, and so if it is challenging, then we can also find the goodness in the challenging along with all of the, the suffering that's taking place. And uh, so this is more of like bitter medicines, like in Ayurveda, bitter is better in a lot of ways. And if you give a child, a little baby, if you give them sweet, take it. If you give them bitter, they'll push it away. But as we get a little older, we have to learn if we're going to be healthy, we can't just have sweet all the time. We have to be able to take our bitter medicines as well as, as, as the sweetness of life. And humanity right now, we're all being served a strong dose of bitter. And so I think it's wise to try to figure out how, what is the medicine inside of that? Because there's certain medicines that only come through difficult times. And, um, and so I think that's at least an aspect of how to, how to navigate through it. It's so powerful. And it's, it's hard because we're, we're kind of, many of us are conditioned to think, okay, if it's, if, uh, if it's not, if it's not positive, if it's not sweet, then it has to be bad and it has to be, mm-hmm. has to be something that is, uh, we work really hard to get rid of as fast as possible. And that doesn't give us the opportunity to really look at the, the lesson in the bitterness and, and what, what it's doing for us as a collective and the changes and the transformations that can happen when we collectively are experiencing this dose of, of bitter in order to move into a, um, a new way. And so with that, what are some of the tools that we can incorporate into our day-to-day lives to learn to work with the bitter and, and recognize that it doesn't necessarily have to be something we perceive as bad when we feel those emotions? Some routine that helps us take care of ourselves and, and helps keep our mind vitality in the body, vitality in the mind. If you can keep good, healthy vitality in the body, oops, excuse me, I didn't... Uh, I don't know if that came through. Uh, if you can ha- keep good vitality in the body and, and, and also good vitality in the mind, that allows all of what we're talking about to be much more possible to where, to where we won't get uh, uh, totally overwhelmed by the waves crashing over us when we are in difficult. We might feel overwhelmed, but not totally overwhelmed to where we can't then at least at some part of our day zoom out, be able to be able to dwell in a bigger space. And this is what the meditative mind helps us to do. So routines that help take care of ourselves, some sort of exercise system that we're using in our life to keep our bodies more vital. And then I think some type of meditation system that we're using in order to keep the minds more vital. And then the thing that connects the body and the mind, of course, is the life force. In yoga, what they call the prana in China, they call the chi. 
so that's the bridge between the mind and the body. So if our exercise system and meditation system is uh, any meditation system, well, but also if our exercise system, at least one some of what we do, it, it has connection to the intelligence of working with the chi, the prana, then that's extra great. And and that's why things like yoga are so wonderful and so effective because not only is it an exercise system to help keep the body healthy, but it's going to be working with your chi. And, and when you can keep that life force, the channels of the body open, well, now the mind is going to, you're not going to have to try that hard to meditate. You're going to feel meditative and you're going to enjoy the meditative space. And that will very naturally give you the wisdom that you need in order to navigate whatever specific challenges that, that are hitting you in your life right now. So I think that's key. So, but, but putting a routine around it, because if it's, if it's a little too loose and it doesn't have enough sort of structure and rhythm, it's not likely to happen. With, an, with the consistency that's necessary to actually make this stuff embodied in our life. You know, we might experience it for a little bit, but to ex- to really okay, we can say that this is you know more more times than not, I'm able to keep my perspective and stay connected to the bigger purpose of my life, and um, so so to me that's crucial. And so creating some rhythm, some routine, some ritualization of the important things of our life to help give us uh, rhythm and routine. And for someone who's thinking, okay, that's something I would like to explore and and. We have talked on this show about kundalini yoga as one of those modalities quite a few times. But if someone was brand new and they're listening perhaps to the show for the first time or perhaps missed some of those previous episodes or workshops that that we offer over in my realm, what are some of the first steps someone could take to connect into this particular practice, this particular style of yoga and meditation? And and what what makes it unique? Hmm. Well, find it, it's finding a teacher that you feel like you resonate with, and and that's kind of key. But there's there's so much out there. Life Force Academy. That's what we specialize in. And yeah, jump in, try it once. That's what I think. And um, and see it, and and maybe even try it twice, uh, just because you, you know maybe it takes a couple times to really get a hand. Like uh, what what the first times I was like, all right, that was cool, but but. Let me try it one more time. Then you really kind of start to get a feel for it. I think the way that it, it what makes Kundalini Yoga unique is the way that it utilizes your prana and the way that it works with the body and the mind in order. All the yogas are ultimately going to do the same thing. If they're done well, I mean, it's going to bring you into more meditative equilibrium, more vitality of the body, compassion of the heart, uh, service orientation of the mind and but what makes kundalini yoga unique is i think how it uses energy to get you to that point it's in some ways it's almost using the prana more like martial arts than than um some what some people may think of when they when they hear the word yoga and like you say more uh hatha style or vinyasa style of yoga well kundalini yoga is also a hatha yoga or has aspects of hatha yoga, but it's just kind of it, it, in 
in the way it uses its energy, it's very active and engaging. And, and, you know, for people who are more physically oriented, I think it's fantastic. And particularly people who I'm not so sure I want to be sitting down and meditating. Well, Kundalini yoga will use your body and, and sometimes it's really aerobic in its activity and it's really powerful in how it uses your breath and your body etc and and it can be really fun too and really engaging and stimulating in order to bring ourselves into a beautiful meditative equilibrium so so that's how it's unique in order in at least that's an effort to describe how it's unique it's hard to describe because well, again you have to try it it's one of those things you just you're not going to really know what it is until you try it a couple times it's always enjoyable to bring someone to their first kundalini class and then have them walk out and go i, I don't know what happened there but that was that was uh, <laughs> usually pretty mind blowing so yeah. i i always love to get to be the person that introduces someone to that experience for the first yeah. time and it ha- that's how it happened for me of course i yeah. i went to I think my first two classes, I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know what, you know, what the mantras were, what the breath work practices were, what the mudras were, but I was like, I'm in, I'm here, I'm feeling mm. it. And then my mm-hmm. third my third entry into the practice was a commitment to do a, a 40-day challenge. And then I was on the other side of that, I was like, then I went and found Guru Singh. I was like, okay, I'm I'm fully, I'm fully in and I want more. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah. You know? hits you at the right time yeah yeah so let's talk a little bit about we've talked a little bit about emotions during the pandemic and and feeling into some of what that can be for us and how we work with that bitter medicine let's talk a little bit about the polarizing opinions that we're seeing in our families on facebook and the news and how we start to work through that energy as human beings, we're getting that so much more than we've ever had it in our lifetimes. And it's like everything from whether to wear a mask or or what to do in your free time. It's like, there's just so much opinion around it. So what are your thoughts on how we navigate that and how we find a center within ourselves (coughs) with those types of, of energies kind of spinning all around us. I think you have to be strong in yourself is the foundation of it. And you have to be clear in yourself. And of course, you know, that sometimes takes some work to get, all right, how do I feel about this? But ultimately, that's why I always feel like intuition is king or queen. Because because if I'm not clear in myself on this stuff, then I'm going to get polarized by other people. And mm-hmm. and that's going to disturb the energy in my own mind and body. And that's going to disturb my life. You know, I don't have time for that. It's only so many breaths here. So so I've got to be clear in myself. And, and of course, I'm going to take input from others. And I'm going to take, hopefully, wisdom from others and, and let, allow, you know, the information in for me to digest and my ta- metabolize. We all have intelligence, though. That's the thing. Every, every human being has intelligence. And so every human... That's part of my problem with the whole thing is is part of what i think is creating so much challenge is that human beings aren't being treated like they're intelligent and that yeah. they can make 
good decisions. And so, and, and of course, it's far more complicated than that. But there, I think there's an aspect of that that people should be treated like they're like they actually are smart and not idiots. And of course, some of us act a fool, myself included, um, sometimes. But I think we all have to remember that that we're all capable of of really figuring out what is best for us and then and then to stand by that and then i think and it doesn't mean that we're not flexible and we're not going to grow and we're not going to evolve um but of course we are especially if we're doing good meditation practice and yoga practice it's going to definitely help us grow and evolve and we'll change our opinions i'm sure from time to time i definitely do but but if I'm really clear and confident on where I am, and you have an, you have an, uh, thank you, you have a, a opposing opinion, it's not going to polarize me. Mm-hmm. I may just, I may have a different of opinion, <laughs> but I'm not going to I'm not going to flip out because I'm confident in 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 me. I'm not hopefully not egotistical, but I'm just confident in where I stand and I've gotten clear in myself. So a lot of the, our polarization and triggered so powerfully by other people uh, is also part, is a t- is coming from insecurity. And and so and, and confusion. So I think the more that we can I think it, it, it kind of going full circle to where we started. It comes back to self love, and and having uh, compassion for our own predicament and our own situation, and then that compassion can extend out towards others. Because if you, if you don't understand through compassion, you will misunderstand these times, mm-hmm. and and but it has to be real. It can't just be okay. That's a cute cute sutra that we talk about and to make compassion real has to start with ourself i have to be compassion for my own suffering now first of all i have to be acknowledging that i am suffering and and that also because i experience that i know that you experience that too and so even though you may have totally different opinion on something than me I can have compassion and, and love for you regardless of that, regardless of your your belief system or your politics or your opinions on vaccinations and masks and da 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 da. It's just exhausting and tiring and really kind of boring. And so it's not that we shouldn't have these discussions. We should. It's important. We have to figure out how to be a society together. But we need to relax a little too and relax our sphincter muscles and try to have fun. And enjoy each other because we're all, we're all going to die at, at some point. This is this this all ends. So be caught up on masks all we want. You're not going to care about masks on our deathbeds. You we will not. So it's re- keeping perspective. I think is important. Oh, so important. Sorry to get all heavy. No, I I mean that's what we're here for. <laughs> that's that's what we do. It's it's great. Yeah, good. You know, it's also it's so much of the information we receive, we're just bombarded by like posts on social media. And then we just, it's like we take something someone said on social media and we, we assume that embodies who they are in full. And it's like, we have these 
really intense feelings and opinions about who someone is based on something we saw on pixels on the internet and we don't have conversations mm -hmm. and we don't we don't have we don't assume that there's an, an innate intelligence and a, a heart wisdom in, in each of us even even though we know that to be true about ourselves and that just makes it so much more intense and family sometimes it's like if I just sat down and spoke to my mom about this it would be a different conversation than when I see something that's posted on the internet for example uh yeah for sure yeah we've got to get to the point where you know it's just we we know that whatever we're seeing on the internet is not indicative of 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 it's uh, at best it's indicative of one ray of somebody's life you know I can make my Instagram look like I'm living a fantastic life and I could be suffering most all of the days and I could be having a really hard time but if you would have just looked at my Instagram account you think well, wow I could never have that life da, 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 da. so in both ways both negative and positive yeah. it's a, it's it's not it's not there's it's not that it's a bad thing social media is not going anywhere the internet's not going anywhere technology's not going anywhere so we just we we have to learn how to you know interact with it more wisely i think and and if, and you know that'll i'm sure happen or <laughs> slowly but this is what this is this is our predicament and and I think it's also, you know, have fun with it too. And because yes, everything is quite difficult and there's a lot of problems and and also it's if we start to lose sight of our enjoyment and, and lose track of, of fun, lose track of being able to laugh, keep things light, then um then that's when it gets really difficult. And so I think that's that's kind of crucially important when we talk about rhythms and routines in our lives, making sure the best we can we're doing the things that uh, help us help us stay stay joyful and whatever those may be. Follow your bliss and and figuring out what your bliss even is. And that's what is it what is it that really inspires us when we get quiet enough and still enough in our mind in our body you can you can tune into that and it'll come alive so so definitely you know internet the internet and social media apps give a, a totally warped uh, perspective on what's really going on out there because you find that out if like you're saying if you talk to somebody in person whether it's mom or somebody who has totally opposite political ideologies in you and you actually relate to them as a human being and have a conversation with with them and starting not with politics but maybe about oh oh you got a you got a um you got a kids how old are they oh you got a four-year-old girl oh that's really sweet and what's her name you know and and then you realize that these are these are people that have feelings just the same way that I have feelings and love the same things that I love in in many ways which is which is family which is enjoyment which is you know maybe maybe sports or who knows and and then you can get if you want to to the politics and you can have a fun fun debate you know, we can get back to where we actually can, because I'm into arguing. I like arguing. I like debating. But if it's emotionally charged to where then it's making me miserable, that would be horrible. But it, yeah. but 
I think debating is healthy. The difference is if you can't debate without emotional maturation, well, you're not going to be very good at debating, number one. And that's what you turn on any news station. They're all like that for the most part. But healthy debate is, I think, health, a part of a healthy society. But this is why I think we need things like your podcast and meditation practices and yoga practices, mostly to, you know, we talk about all sorts of like spirituality and chakras and da 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 and all the stuff that people call woo woo. But really, when it comes down to it, to me, I think spirituality on a on a big part of it at a at maybe one of the most important levels is about emotional maturation mm. and, and becoming more having greater emotional equanimity. And that doesn't mean you don't feel emotions. It means you have the capacity to feel deeply without being, without it throwing you off your center as easily. Yeah. And without me losing sense of my character. Mm, yeah. I think back to why we started this show to begin with. And it, it's, it's very much with that intention to help people find their way into whatever sort of practices may support them or modalities or ways of thinking and being to be in, in a place where they can find that center within themselves, have more fun in their life and have that emotional maturity to enter into situations, whether it's <coughs> a, a challenging conversation with family or a job interview or whatever it might be and really feel like they are grounded in self and that that's really that was really my intention in the show. It's like, yeah, I want to introduce you to astrology, and I want to introduce you to human design or yoga or whatever it may be, and then I want you to choose from what you hear here, what what is what works for you, so that you can create a life in which you feel just joyful about living every day, and that's really the intention. Yeah, yeah that's so beautiful. Yeah, I love what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to talk just for a moment about, you mentioned intuition and intuition being king or, or queen for each of us. What are your thoughts on, on how someone who's been in a place of perhaps just not quite trusting themselves and, and intuition is something they've heard quite a bit about and they want, to, they want to learn how to connect more deeply into their own heart wisdom and their own soul guidance and intuition, what are some of the steps that they could take or some of the practices that would support them in, in connecting into intuition? I would recommend Kundalini Yoga. Me too. <laughs> if they're not resonating with <laughs> Kundalini Yoga, then try find some other, you know, do TM meditation, do some other form of meditation specifically. Uh, but what's so great about Kundalini Yoga is it's it, the whole thing's meditation. The exercises are meditations. The meditation, so so, and you're working with your your breath in very substantive ways that help to open up the channels of the body and the mind to where intuition will more easily flow because intuition isn't being psychic. Everybody is in, has has natural intuition. This is this is our innate wisdom that we all have, but we may have may or may not have had a lot of experience with it depending on our conditionings and our environments in which we've grown up in, how we came in, etc. So many so many things go into that, but none of them actually ultimately matter because we can we can start from where we are 
and and be cool with where we are. That's a, I think also a big part of it is is uh, is not only endeavoring to grow and to blossom, but part of growing and blossoming is to be to to learn how to appreciate where you are, and and then to grow from there. And so, intuition is is, is I always. At a basic level, I often define intuition as not knowing something about the future, but rather intuition is the is knowing what you need to know at the time you need to know it. So it's actually something that arises out of your your mind and energy being totally present, and and that sounds like okay. Well, be here now. Uh, it was is. You know, one of the famous the Ram, the great Baba Ramdas phrase, and then the, Eckhart Tolle is what what was his the power of now, mm-hmm. and but all these things be here now the power of now be in the present moment. This all comes from from an energetic state. Not as soon as I try to mentally do it, it's it's a losing battle because if I'm trying to be present with just thinking myself into the present. It's it's not it doesn't work. So it's instead, if I can generate, and what Kundalini Yoga is excellent at helping us do is to generate a type of kind of magnetic presence, that uh, a, a type of inner vitality and magnetic vitality that holds the mind in a state of of presence, to where we're not worrying as much about the future, to where we're not being kind of pulled down by our past, that we're able to just be who, where we are, who we are, and enjoying who we are, and confident in who we are, your intuition will be totally alive in that, in that case. So I think that's really the key, is it's, is it's developing ourselves so that our mind has greater sense of relative contentment. We're not talking enlightenment here. We're talking relative contentment. And when you can get into, and that comes from that inner confidence, and Kundalini Yoga helps with all this stuff. That then intuition flows quite naturally, and intuition's a thing you have to experience. It's nothing anyone can explain to you. Yeah, well, you'll know it. You know it when yeah. it's happening. Happening. It's not something you'll get if you're not sure if it's intuition. It's probably not. Yeah, yeah. To. To have to for it to be something that is not easily explained, your explanation gave us a really good picture of what, what <laughs> intuition can feel like. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to move us into our our closing five questions, and I'm going to start with number one. So the first one is tell okay. us about an object or charm that is special to mm. you. Hmm. Okay. I don't have it with me. It's in my other room, but I have a prayer wheel that I like to use every day. And I do it at the beginning and the end of my practice and sometimes when I'm teaching just because it helps me to to make sure that my energy isn't uh, overly self, uh, um, self-centered. So even when I'm working on doing practices for my energy, for my intuition, for my vitality, that I know that my my psychological disposition is needs to continue if i'm going to maintain happiness and real bliss 
it has to be maintained towards compassion orientation, service orientation, that I'm here to serve and to help others. And of course, I have to ha help myself in order to do that. But so I, I really love my little prayer wheel that I use. Beautiful. Okay, the next one is, what is a book that changed your life? Mm, a book that changed my life, uh, along with many others, I would say Autobiography of a Yogi, was yeah. one that I read when I was about 18 years old. And uh, along with tens of thousands of other people, that book changed my life. Yeah, very much mine too. Such a special book. Yeah, cool. And such a beautiful story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So the third one is, tell me about an experience or moment that changed your life in a profound way. An experience or a moment that changed my life in a profound way. Okay, well, there's been so many of them. Um, you know, one of the one. Uh, let me give you a, a different angle. Is uh, I won't say the first time I was uh, heard the music of the Grateful Dead, but. There were some pivotal moments at dead shows that were so transcendent that uh, equaling uh, equaling in some ways any as much of a transcendent experience as I've had in you know yogic practices and so forth different but similar that but but in that way in the in the spirit of music and dancing and and love and community and just getting a in this, those experiences kind of just take you above the muddiness of life and back into where you can feel the the true spirit of life and you can feel that at the center of this whole thing is 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 love it's what at the center and the nucleus this whole thing is is something that's beyond our comprehension that's mystery and that's that provokes wonder it doesn't provoke knowledge. It provokes mysteriousness. It provokes wonder, and it provokes awe and humility and awesomeness. And um, so, so I've had many experiences that have provoked that in very kind of, you know, uh, transformative ways. And um, but uh, that that's what comes to mind right now. I love that so much. I, I was not expecting it was going to be that sort of experience, and I love that that's where you went. I'm very much a, my, I'm a music lover myself. My partner's a musician, and growing up, festival festival culture was something I just loved being in cool. those sorts of environments. So I love that that's what you Totally. Care. Yeah. So fourth question, and perhaps this might be something that could be kind of obvious, but maybe you'll share something that isn't quite as obvious. What is something that you do for your health and wellness? Well, I make sure to, two things I would say. I make sure that regularly I'm doing things that get me dancing, and and the other thing would be to get me laughing. So I'm a big fan of comedy. I'm always looking for new good comedy to watch. And I'm always looking for live music that I can go out and dance. Of course, I do all the food stuff. I have background in Ayurveda, yoga, of course, all that stuff, obvious. Um, so, And if I were to add a third thing, it would be getting out outside and getting in nature and hiking and making sure that 
that those are part of my routines, not, not just, uh, I, it's a little harder with things like, you know, finding good comedy or finding live music because you're dependent on, you know, comedians producing good comedy and musicians coming to somewhere where you can go to. But to the best of my ability, I, I, I try to keep myself moving and dancing and laughing and getting amongst the trees and the forest and along the river and in out into nature where everything kind of recalibrates into healthy perspective. Yeah. I mean, that's the joy of stuff in life, right? Dancing, laughter and being with the trees. That's how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> For me, definitely. Yeah. Okay. The final question is this. Tell me about a moment that you knew magic was real. Whoa, a moment I knew magic was real? Um, that's a cool question. Let's see. I don't know, you know. Um, this thing about uh, magic is that, it, you know, it's almost like I, my first thing I, I, that came to me was like, now, right now is the moment <laughs> that I know magic is real. I don't know about the first. I don't have a, uh, any comprehension of like the first moment that I knew known magic was real because I'm still kind of discovering it all the time. And like, what even is all of this? It's the whole thing is mysterious and beyond my comprehension totally. And so right now is that moment, and that's how I try to live, always keep, that's why I do the hard work of getting up early and doing meditation, so I can live in the magical uh, flow of life, not being too kind of um, dull and mundane, because when you get into that, there is no mundane. All the mundane things are actually magical, and so everything is is is. How could it not be everything? Look at this thing is what is all of this? And like you get, we get so normalized to it, you know, five fingers, and we have our our you know the bodies like we know them, but it's totally interesting and totally weird and fascinating, and we're nor we're just get normalized to it all. But that's the challenge of spirituality and and also the glory of spirituality and things like kundalini yoga is it's going to make everything like you know you start to question things and i say it's challenged because it's real that's let's go full circle sun in the 12th house or anything in the 12th house 12th house is like pisces it's like formlessness so it's uh, it's gonna cause you so you say well astrologers would say well sun in the 12th house is, is a difficult placement but it'll make you a mystic it'll make you a yogi because you'll quit you're, you're gonna question yourself and the sun is all about self-expression not questioning yourself self-confidence but if you're questioning yourself and that gets channeled in the way of of the mystic then it'll help you to 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 grow more and more illuminated and uh so anyhow magic is out all the time i'm always right now every day like tomorrow i'm hoping i will discover magic and i will i'm sure yeah you will i'm sure too yeah <laughs> awesome thank you so much for this conversation it's been such a pleasure to get to spend some time with you and get to know a bit more about you and hear your perspective on some of the really important things that we're all we're all working through day to day yeah it's such a pleasure thanks for having me on andy it was really great to meet you you too 
If someone wants to find your work or would like to join Life Force Academy, where can we send them so they know where to go to get more of you? They should just go to lifeforce.yoga. You can, you can type that into their uh, browser, lifeforce.yoga. That's the URL, and that'll take them to our website. Um, it's just a dollar to try Life Force Academy for the f- first 14 days, and then it's only $25 a month after that. We have all sorts of courses. Uh, I have my own podcast. They can, they'll find it all there, but if they go to lifeforce.yoga, that's the best way. Or Instagram, Jidev, J-A-I-D-E-V-108 is my Instagram handle. Perfect. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much to Jai Dave for joining me today. I feel like this was a conversation that is so needed right now. We're coming out, fingers crossed, on the other side of this pandemic. And for pretty much every single person on the planet, no matter who you are, you've been impacted over the last two years and have had to work with emotions in a new way. So many of us have made massive life transformations and life decisions during this time. Hey, I moved across the country, and I know so many of you that left jobs, started jobs, started businesses, left relationships, created new relationships, moved across the country, moved from country to country, and it's such a wonderful time when we're experiencing moments of darkness to really look deep within and see what's really living inside of you, what's inside of your heart, what's inside of your soul, and the, and then to find that joy again. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation today with Jai Dave. So thank you all for being here. It's my pleasure to continue to bring these episodes and conversations to you. If you've loved this conversation, as always, share it. You can tag us on Instagram at your woo woo bff or tag me wee wee girl you can send us a dm if you want to chat more about the show and i wanted to mention this if you're still listening you made it all the way to the end we're doing another giveaway leave us a review specifically mention this episode this is episode number 51 mention the episode and then share your review on instagram in stories is perfect tag us and we're we're doing a drawing we'll do a little drawing and we'll send you a copy of the magic of eye journal i have a couple more of these beautiful journals that i can send your way okay thank you so much for being here with me love you much have a beautiful beautiful rest of your day take care